Blog Talk Radio. This is, of course, one of those Zambian great, great musicians who I think is one of the pioneers in the Zambian music industry. He passed on uh, some time back, but his music is very, very much uh, with us. Uh, Of course, uh, it brings back those special memories, especially back in the 90s. I'm sure my my co-host would agree with me. What, what do you think about that track, Nancy? Yes, I do agree. Piket Shala, one of the uh, Zambian legends. For those that are listening to us who are not Zambians, um, Piket Shala was one of the legends for our country. We love his music. Very nice music. <laughs> yeah. So how are you yeah, doing, I, Noah? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm just always looking forward to be on the show because... This is a special time for us to share some good thoughts, good ideas, and just to keep our listeners informed with good information. Because like they always say, good information helps people make well-informed decisions. So we hope the information that we have to share uh, this evening will help with uh, 
better information, better decision making. What, what, don't, don't don't you agree with that? Yes, yes, I do agree. Informed decision making is the way to go. I, I mean, before anyone could do anything, you need to be well informed, do your own research. But uh, not only that, not only do we do use Google, some of us are healthcare professionals, as you are too, you, are, you have a master's in public health. So this information will be coming from credible sources. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like to think that I'm credible. <laughs> you know, it's good when... <laughs> Yeah, I, I like the 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 <laughs> vote of confidence. Uh, yeah, I was taught yeah. that in school. Before you quote anything, you wanna make sure it's coming from whatever you are quoting has to come from a credible source. Oh yeah, yeah, because you know in school they emphasize on you have to cite your sources. Where did you hear this from? Who said it and things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, this, this evening, what are we talking about this evening? Yeah, so this evening we are talking about uh, nutrition. Why are we talking about nutrition this evening? Because we are still in March. So as we are aware that March has got so much awareness, we just celebrated the Women's International Women's Day on the 8th of March. Then the whole lot of month. March is the Women's History Month. So we just uh, did the show last week. It was very, very exciting to talk about women. But, of course, we can't end talking about um, – we, we cannot end the month of March without talking about nutrition because nutrition is also a national um, – March is also a, um, a nutrition national history month. So we have to talk about nutrition, which is a very, very uh, important component of our health. Exactly, exactly, because mm-hmm. uh, the food that we eat is what makes us who we are. You know what they always say, you are what you eat. So this evening we'll be sharing some thoughts, some ideas on what we see uh, the best foods out there and seven foods that you need to avoid. Also, we are looking at what impact, what effect, what are the consequences of eating what you eat? Because what you eat, uh, for instance, when you eat a banana, you eat a mango, or you eat an apple, that becomes a part of you as a person. We may not really look at it from that angle, but what you eat becomes part of you. So this is why you want to make sure what you eat uh, foods that are nutritious, foods that will help your body uh, operate or perform optimum, um, I, I mean, at the best uh, levels. So you want to make sure that at least you are eating what you're supposed to eat. And by that saying, it means you also avoid certain foods that you know you're not supposed to eat. It's very easy to make a plan, this is what I want to eat and things like that, but implementing the plan, following through, is always a challenge. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, do you make plans and you stick to them, Nancy, or uh, you struggle like me? Me, I struggle to follow a routine. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, that's a very, very tricky uh, question. I know I had a workmate of mine who actually had an app and she was inputting every little thing that she was eating because 
the company that I work for, they actually pay you for mm-hmm. for inputting everything that you eat. Every step that you take, you get some points, you get paid for. So basically, because I've been working very, very hard in the front lines during the pandemic, so I've kind of like been stress eating. I try to follow. When I'm home, I eat very healthy. I deliberately do not buy junk food. I deliberately buy health food at home. But it comes mm-hmm. in, I break that protocol when I'm at work and I'm stressed out. And, you know, at work they normally supply a lot of, you know, snacks. Everywhere you go there are snacks. So I end up just, you know, getting out of my routine. And we have those soda machines running everywhere. So I try mm-hmm. to carry water. So basically I try to follow my routine. But that only breaks down at work when I'm stressed and I'm always, like, stress eating. Oh, yeah. yeah. I tried I tried to be inputting whatever I eat, the calories in my app, but that didn't work well. <laughs> it's another extra work for me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's too much work to because uh, I know there are those logs where you have to log whatever you've eaten, whatever you've drank. Uh, I admire people who can uh, strict routine. Because each time you drink a cup of water, you have to measure and then you record. And, I mean, nowadays, I mean, people don't uh, do things the way, I mean, the way done back then where you had to get a piece of paper and pen. But now we are blessed to live during these times where everything is done electronically. So, but uh, despite the electronic component of making things easy, I find it very challenging sometimes, I mean, not even sometimes, just, I mean, to document everything. So I think that's one area where I know I struggle. I do my best to eat healthy, but I, I'm not one of those who are very keen on recording whatever I consume. So it's just one of those things that I think, uh, I'm okay uh, without documenting, but I just have to watch what I eat. So you mentioned that uh, stress, uh, especially when you're at work. It's very easy when you're at work to uh, forego your routine. Why, why do you think uh, it's very easy at work for people, not necessarily only at work, but when you're at work or when you're somewhere else, why do you think it's easy for people not to maintain their routine? Well, uh, I'm going to talk on my behalf as a nurse, you know, working on the floor with high patient workload and high acuity of patients. Sometimes we rarely even take our breaks as nurses. So you are literally just working, you know, from shift to shift. So... Mm-hmm. You tend to forget to even drink. So that's why I advise most of the healthcare professionals that before you clock in, make sure you drink your water. Mm-hmm. Make sure you've eaten a snack. Make sure you've eaten something. Because once you get on the floor, it's just hard to get out. Uh, you know? So oh, yeah. that's what makes, makes it very, very hard for people in my profession to actually follow to to be adherent to their diet. But I don't know about other professions. Like your profession, you work on the desk, so... Do you follow what you eat? <laughs> yeah, I think also I, because uh, a few years, uh, I mean, just recently, I worked for Rari Hospital. Most people may not know that. I was actually working in the ICU uh, 
uh, unit where uh, cardiovascular unit where they have very very sick kids and I was one of the unit secretary of course documenting pretty much everything and sort of keeping tabs on everything that's happening on the floor so of course I have first-hand knowledge and information how hard it is for a nurse to be able to just find time and sit back and relax because you never know especially when you are working in a in a setting like that where I was at the cardiovascular unit uh, mm-hmm. the sickest the sickest of the sick kids that's where they are mm-hmm. and then they are hooked up to all kinds of I mean uh, monitors and devices and all that and the nurses are always, because I think there were times when we had very sick kids where they would station two or three nurses inside. One is just watching one machine. The other one is working on the mouth and the other one is watching the heart machine. It, it's just not easy. And then just outside, there's another nurse that she's monitoring something else. So, yeah, it's true. Nurses... Uh, especially depending on the in the unit or where you're working, it can be mm-hmm. impossible to maintain these routines. But, of course, in my other job, I'm very thankful. I pretty much have control of my schedule and my time. And usually when I'm at the office, I... It's very, very different uh, when I compare the, those days when I was working at the hospital. Uh, when I'm at the office, trust me, I can do anything at any time. I can walk around and just uh, go to the... Uh, we have a Qdoba next to our offices downtown there. So I usually okay. uh, frequent that place uh, to grab a, a bite. But at least it's a very arena and it's very easy for me, of course, to maintain my routine when I'm at work because my uh, type of work that I do, it's not quite involving. Of course, it's tasking mentally. You have to sort of uh, oversee certain projects. Like lately, I've been working on the COVID-19 response team and my specific role I have been uh, uh, tasked to coordinate the long-term care facilities and the local health departments uh, processing of what we call Binax X, Binax Now test kits. Those are COVID-19 test kits. So it's pretty straightforward. You just sit on the computer, you just monitor what requests they are coming in, and then you process them, you pass them on to the other departments and things like that. So I can easily maintain my routine. But when I look at uh, folks who are on the road driving, let's say, uh, delivery uh, folks, those people work, let's say, for FedEx. I actually worked for FedEx back in in the day uh, when I was in Washington State. So it was a very, very hard tasking job where you always have to be on the go. So most of you, if you see a UPS guy or a FedEx guy, they always seem to be in a rush because they always have to get to the next stop. 
you always have to rush and drop off the box and then run back to the track and things like that. It's very difficult to, when somebody has a, that type of a job, to eat healthy and things like that because you always have to make sure you have to, because most of those jobs, I, they pay you if you actually accomplish a successful delivery. By that, I mean, in most cases, I think that time when I was working for FedEx, if you go out there to deliver a package and then you knock on the door and there's nobody at the house, you don't get paid for those packages that are not delivered. You only get paid for the ones that you deliver. So in some situations, you find that the delivery personnel, sometimes they will just leave the package and say, oh, we delivered. But in some situations, I mean, they, they don't get paid. But anyway, that's just sort of not to digress so much. Mm-hmm. It's very it's very tough to stick to a routine for people who always have to be on a go. So yeah. what we are hoping to uh, share this evening are just some of the pointers what you need to eat, what you make you need to have, and certain food, of course foods that you have to avoid. So what do you have? Uh, or, or nutrition on your side, Nancy. Like, what, what have you prepared for this evening? So, uh, for this evening, uh, let me first take time to welcome our listeners from all across the globe. Uh, the midweek uh, radio show is hosted by Nolan Lobo, the guy you are hearing there talking. He likes the to one talk. and only. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> the one and only Nolan Lobo. Me and Nolan Lobo have collaborated before in our past um, projects. And moving forward, we hope to do more projects together. So this show comes at uh, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. Central Time. I have a friend of mine listening from UK. That's 2 a.m. UK time. My family is listening in Zambia. That's 4 a.m. Zambian time. So um, I'm going to talk about, um, to just get started, I think, why why did we choose nutrition in in March? Because Mm -hmm. it's a national nutrition month, too, so it's very, very important. So I'm just going to talk a little bit of the history about um, the nutrition month. Uh, It was initiated in 1973 as a National Nutrition Week, and it became a month-long observance in 1980 in response to growing interest in nutrition. It's an annual campaign that was created by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics with the main aim of encouraging people to be aware about health food selections with the ma- in order for them to make informed choices, like what you said already about making informed choices before you do mm-hmm. anything, making sure that you are, you are educating yourself and you're getting uh, acquainted to what the information is being uh, said, and uh, also developing helpful eating and physical activity habits. As you know, that nutrition cannot be successful. You cannot have a successful nutritional life and lead a health life without actually exercising your physical activities. So physical activities goes along with nutrition. So at this year's theme actually is personalize your plate. They are looking at personalizing your plate. What do you have on your plate? Do you have a balanced diet there? Do you have a tomato? Do you have a lettuce? Do you have a meat? Do you have some protein? So it also promotes creating nutrition meals to meet um, individuals, culture, and personal food preferences. 
So uh, like what I said, uh, oh, oh, I didn't mention about this already. So um, America is a cultural melting point. Why is it a melting point? Because we have people from the diverse culture, ethnicity, countries. Like, for instance, as we come from Zambia, we have people that are coming from Mexico. We have people that are coming from Asia. So you, you really don't expect the food choices to look like the same. Mm-hmm. As we have our listeners, we all, they all come from different, uh, you know, uh, areas, um, ethnicity and countries. Some are from Malawi, some, some are from Zambia, some are from uh, Mexico, some are from here. So uh, developing a healthful eating pattern is not a one-size-fits-all endeavor. I like that point. The key is tailoring your favorite foods to meet your individual nutrient needs. So even as we are going to be talking about this, this is one point that I took into consideration that our, our listeners are not just from one country. The, not everybody knows Sinkubala on Shima, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, at some point we have to think about the culture and the melting point of people that live in the United States. So um, what are some of the health habits you have adopted in your daily routine, Noah, together with your family? Do, do you include your family in your daily health routines? Uh, yeah, so for me, uh, thank you for the question. So, uh, of course, when you uh, you have a, a chef like myself, I'm fortunate enough to have a chef that prepares my meals. <laughs> now I'm joking. I'm not. I'm trying to sound like I'm Donald Trump, but of course, uh, mostly I think for us African men. Usually, you eat what is uh, given to you or saved to you. So, of course, I do not uh, make decisions or try to suggest. I think I'm one of those uh, maybe weird uh, guys who I have no say so much on what I have to eat. If it's prepared for me, as long as it's edible, I'll eat I'm not one of those like, no, it has to be done this way and things like that. No. But with only mm-hmm. one exception, with only one exception, I think the only exception is with the chicken. Usually uh, back in those days when uh, I was growing up, we used to, of course, like when they would buy a chicken at home and then I and my brother, sometimes I was tasked to sort of assassinate the chicken to cut off, I mean, to cut off the head. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, especially in this in, the, in this country, but those days when you would prepare the chicken, get it ready to be cooked, uh, there is that smell after you have sort of slit throat, the, straight open the throat, and then the blood drains out. So you have to sort of hold it by the legs and then drain out all the blood. And now, see, when we, we've been here in the United States for quite some time, we don't actually get that opportunity to go and buy a live chicken. Take it home, and then you slaughter the chicken, and you uh, get it ready to be prepared. We just walk into Kroger's or uh, Walgreens, sorry, uh, Walmart's, and we buy foods which are already prepared. So the difference is, of course, when we were growing up, we would have those 
uh, you actually saw the chi- uh, chicken, you chose it. Oh, no, Nifunaija, get me this one or something like that. But now it's like it's already dressed up and just, uh, I mean, this pre. These are some of the foods I think where I've watched some, some of these documentaries that talk about, oh, no, you have to stay away from uh, foods like that. But I think uh, the environment where you are, it also influences what type of food you have access to. So for my family, I let my wife worry about the food. And if she has a question for me, uh, she can ask, but I don't usually try to say, oh, let's cook this way and things like that, with the only exception with the chicken, because like I mentioned those days when I would be tasked to to slaughter the chicken, there's that smell which when I wa- when the chicken is prepared, I always want to bury that smell. This is why I always prefer a chicken has to be well done and it has to have some spices because I'm trying to mask out that uh, scent when the chicken is slaughtered and then you can smell. There's a certain way that it it smells. So that's the only exception. But other than that, whatever is served to me, I'm I'm not one of those picky people. I just eat. So let me just uh, switch gears just a little bit because you mentioned, of course, we know we may not only have Zambians listening, but, of course, uh, South Africans, they have what they call uh, Shima, I think this is called Pap, Pap uh, I think this is maybe a German name, but something called Shiza Nyama. I think that's one of the dishes that I think is common in South Africa. And then also in Mozambique, Mozambique, they have what they call Piri Piri Chicken. It's one of those uh, special delicacies in Mozambique. But, uh, of course, some of us who are uh, here in the United States, we've been to these African restaurants. They have the famous jollof rice and igusu soup, the Nigerians. That is a special meal mostly for uh, the Nigerians. And then on South Africa, there's also the banichol, which is sort of a ban and saved they cut off the inside and put some uh, soup inside. And then uh, Zimbabwe and Zambia, actually, uh, Kapenta, I thought we it, it was only us in Zambia who call this, those tiny fish as Kapenta, but it's actually called Kapenta even in Zimbabwe. So in Zimbabwe, they have Kapenta with Saza. Us, we, our Saza is called Shima, and for the folks in in East Africa, it's called Ugari. And then I think the folks in, on the West Coast, mm, they call it Fufu. So in Malawi, of course, our neighboring country, they have Chambo with Nsima. Those are our brethren. It's sort of some fish, uh, which is a special delicacy for our, our neighbors. And in Namibia, Namibia, they have what I think uh, see, with the German influence uh, about Namibia, uh, Namibia is one of those countries that I think it may be bordering Zambia. But I think in terms of um, their staple food and things like that, it's uh, different from what we have, I think, in Zambia. So I just wanted to point out that uh, they, I know they're 
uh, folks listening from other countries on the show, we wanted to make sure that at least we are inclusive. We're not just touching on Zambia. So over to you, Nancy. Okay, so just to add on the uh, nutritious Zambian cuisines, and you know I come from the western part of Zambia, and we are along a Zambezi River where we get a lot oh, of yeah. fish. Where, where, you know those, where uh, they have great food there, right? They have great food. Have you ever heard of Litapi brims? Those big brims from the Zambezi River, they are so tasty. And uh, we also go for carpenta. Those are sardines mm-hmm. for those people that do not know what carpenta is. Mm-hmm. You know, fish is rich in fish oils. It's very nutritious. And then uh, I love beans, tablangete. You know, it's uh, rich in protein. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about chihuahua. For those who do not know what chihuahua is, pumpkin leaves are cooked with uh, peanuts peanut or peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Then uh, some people would also cook cassava in peanut butter or oh, cassava leaves. So, you know, peanuts is rich in protein. Oh, and yeah. then those oh, yeah. from uh, Coppola, those from Coppola, the copper belt, the copper belt part of Zambia, they like to eat, I think, insua. But for us, we call them insects, okay? But they love them. They love the oh, insua because it's insua. rich in protein. <laughs> oh, yes. They oh, also yes. love uh, eating kuvala, caterpillars. Can you imagine? Don't even do, do you eat caterpillar? Do you eat, do you eat caterpillar yourself? No, I don't. But my family, because my my parents, my father lived in the Copper Belt uh, for a long time there with my my other siblings, so they eat that. While they lived there, I was living in the in the other part of Zambia, so I never actually lived in the Copper Belt. But my sisters, my brothers, they love those because they grew up there. And of course, we love our Shima. Some people call him Shima. Those from east, uh, from east part of the Africa, they go for tofu, I think. Then, of oh, course, yeah. in the Western world, we have potatoes, we have rice. Of course, they say that rice is more nutritious than the white rice, right? The brown rice. So those are some of yeah. the traditional Zambian cuisines. As, like I mentioned about America being a melting point, so people come from different countries, and that's why we go to what we call oriental stores because that's where you find um, uh, ingredients or foods that are kind of like assimilate where we are coming from. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so we're going we're gonna to take a, a, a quick break. We'll play one of the songs uh, by, because we started out with P.K. Shala, so I think it's only best that we play another song by... Uh, the great professor P.K. Chishala and will continue. So sit back and relax and enjoy this uh, classic track by P.K. Chishala. This is Chiba, I can't even pronounce the, the title. Chibaya Mbaya I think this is Chibaya Mbaya So anyway, Chibaya Mbaya <laughs> Yeah, I apologize about my about sister, my. My late sister used to like that song. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So sit back and relax and enjoy this song. Kabiliye ma chesi elo dabe wa mwana mayo. Kale tuwa ukwa umula jiwa 
Chishala, that's uh, you see, uh, my bemba is very terrible. I think we may have recorded this song, uh, the the title differently. So one of my friends texted me, and she said, "No, that's not Shimbayambaya Zenda." She said, "No, that's Pole Pole." So thanks, Judy. Judy just texted me, say, "Hey, Noah, that's not uh, the the right song." So. Uh, we apologize yeah, for sorry, that. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I know he also sang Chimbayamba. Chimbayamba, that's yeah. my sister's favorite <laughs> song. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we need to... to thank you, Judy. We'll, we'll fix that. But thank you, Judy, for the correction. So mm-hmm. now let's try to transition a little bit and talk a little bit about um, what are some of the foods that people need to avoid because uh, as as we are discussing this show, looking at the food, nutrition, and health. So what are some of the foods, especially you being mm-hmm. a nurse, what are some of the foods that should discourage people from eating? So uh, let me first uh, talk about my health perspective. Okay, So as a nurse, I look at it like uh, to be health, because your health is wealthy. 
I mean, you cannot enjoy your stimulus check if you're sick, right? So you want to make exactly. sure that you are taking care of <laughs> you are taking care of your body holistically. As nurses, we're trained to look at um, at the health of an individual from the holistic perspective. So that also incorporates your spiritual life, your mental health, your emotional, physical, sexual life, and of course, what you are eating. So for me, really, I've learned like you need to start by eating your breakfast. So I don't eat breakfast most of the time. So I also try to push in more fluids, water. I try Mm -hmm. to drink like two to three liters of water a day, of which I should encourage everybody. As you know, water is an essential component of your body. It helps with your digestion system. It flushes out uh, toxins, prevents you from having urinary tract infections. And also I try to push in more proteins. Why are proteins important? Because proteins are highly metabolized. They are metabolized quicker than carbohydrates, mm-hmm. so which speeds up your metabolism so, so that you don't keep those, the, um, the food staying in your stomach. And you also have to look at foods that are high in fiber, which are fruits mm-hmm. and vegetables. Like uh, this year's theme, which is what is on your plate. Personalize your plate, right? So you have to look at having at least um, a lot of savings of fruits and vegetables. I know uh, during weight loss, people discourage a lot of people from eating fruits, but you have to understand that the, the sugar that comes from fruits is fructose. It's not really harmful to you. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's that, that type of health sugar. Uh, so I spoke about fiber. I spoke about lean protein. So for the sake of my American friends, for high mm-hmm. fiber, those are like veggies, fruits, oatmeal or nuts, lean protein, like you spoke about chicken, right? I love the Amish chicken. Why? Because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. they try That's to... The yeah, they Especially try to the smoked one. That... Okay, that's good. Yeah, so I try to go with uh, foods that are reared that are reared naturally. Like the Amish chicken, mostly it has very less prote- uh, very less what chemicals and uh, even as you are eating your fruits and vegetables, making sure that you are washing them thoroughly, because I did another paper on the you know chemicals and, and antibiotics that are transferred from market okay, fruits and vegetables and also animals into the human being. So we don't want to create uh, create what we call a superbug. That would be another topic for another day. Okay, I wrote like a ten-page paper on just. Uh, our antibiotics mm-hmm. resistance due to the food that we eat. So again, uh, on lean protein, you have chicken, tofu, hummus, peanut butter, legumes such as beans and peanuts. So uh, for they also encourage people to eat whole grain foods, whole grain brains, crackers, noodles. Make sure they are whole grains, okay? Make sure mm-hmm. the package reads. 100% Walgreens. All right. So you can also, like for breakfast, you can mix and combine some of those foodstuffs that I've mentioned, like black beans and brown rice, oatmeal with dried fruits for breakfast, and etc. All right. Yeah. So some yeah. of the foods that I would discourage, first of all, we have mm-hmm. to talk about why is it bad to, why exactly. is it detrimental to eat uh, bad food? Why is poor nutrition bad for you. I think once people understand that, then they'll also know which foods are bad to eat. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah, thank you. So you mentioned something, uh, chemicals found in food. So uh, back then when I was in my graduate school, of course, I uh, wrote one of the papers on uh, indoctrine disruptors. So uh, without sounding uh, too uh, educated here, uh, endocrine disruptors are chemicals that in small quantities, they disrupt the endocrine system. So endocrine system is, of course, is responsible for the, <clears throat> the uh, uh, secretion of uh, uh, the secretion of endocrine fluids, of course, like when you talk about the glands, the pituitary glands and the thyroid glands and everything else. So in small quantities, it has been documented that there are some chemicals, which are, for instance, PCBs and dioxins. Uh, these are chemicals, of course, that have been linked or what may be uh, referred to as carcinogens uh, causing cancer. So in small quantities, of course, the they disrupt the normal functions of the endocrine system. So we have to be careful, especially of the food, type of food that we are consuming. So I just wanted to point out that there are certain chemicals that affect the endocrine system. And when that thing is disrupted, then it causes certain things to happen. So we don't want to get into so much about that. But of course, pesticides. Uh, there's just so much that, uh, uh, especially in the agricultural sector, and there are also things that are called phosphates, BPA in the plastics and containers, especially when you're warming certain things in uh, certain uh, plastic containers, especially in the microwave. There are certain chemicals that are uh, produced or emitted into the food. So this is why I think the food and drug administration, they have to approve of certain, I mean, most of these foods because they have to look at, the, do extensive studies to understand what are the impacts the, on the human body. So when we look at the foods that we eat, most people uh, fail to look at the the same situation from a different perspective because it's not only what you consume in your mouth, I mean, in your bodies. It's the animals, uh, for instance, cows, they eat the grass. If there are chemicals in the soil, it will be, it will, like some of the chemicals, they will germinate with the food and the grass gets eaten by the cows. The cows, we buy milk, uh, we uh, we eat the uh, meat from I think some of people who eat meat, and then the percentage of those chemicals are still carried on by those animals even when they are they are saved on your dinner plates. So you consumed whatever was in the soil. So this is why there has been this push about buying organic food and things like that because they are trying to cut down on the pesticides, the herbicides, the insecticides that are found in some of these foods. So we don't want to dwell so much on uh, these things, but I just wanted to point out the, uh, about the indoctrine disruptors. That can be a, a very huge topic, just for instance, talking about BPA.
what contained in that in those things so we don't want to waste so much time i just wanted to uh, talk just about the seven things that are needed for a balanced diet uh, of course my colleague there mentioned uh, some of the examples but we, we want to make sure if you want to be healthy it's not possible of course to eat a balanced meal every day like we started out the show talking about people your environment influences what type of food uh, what you have access to if you are on the road you're not gonna uh, be you won't have enough time to have a full course meal with steak and vegetables and everything else because you're on the road you're on the run you want to make sure that at least you eat something so there are seven things that you need for a balanced diet, you need carbs, you need your protein, you need your fat, you need your fiber, you need your vitamins, your minerals, and of course, water. So water is very key for our survival, the human body, 70% water. If you look at the world itself, it's also 70% water. So you want to make sure that at least you are drinking a lot of water. I know I'm not so much a fan of eating breakfast. I think I forgo breakfast uh, sometimes. I know it's not a good thing, but I think I'm used to that. So I'm not going to say I eat breakfast every day. I mean, there are times that I skip breakfast, but at least I try as much as possible to eat a balanced meal and avoid uh, a lot of pizza, a lot of, uh, I mean, fast food, that is not going to be helpful for you. So we're going to open up the lines just to see. Uh, of course, I know some people want to ask questions or make a comment. So, of course, we'll go to Dorothy. Dorothy, I'm sure you want to say something. What, what, what's your favorite meal? Madam Dorothy, you might be muted if you're talking. Oh, oh, oh. so sorry about that. Hi, guys. Hello. Yeah, so, yeah. Very interesting what? topic tonight. And I, I think for me, I'll just maybe tackle the basics about, uh, you know, nutrition. Mm-hmm. You know, they say you are what you put in your body. So I'll give myself as an example. I'm a person who likes to cook. So I prepare, you know, I like to cook and everything I cook from scratch. For me, that is therapeutic. And also, I'm looking at the ingredients that I'm putting in my food that's going into my body. You know, for instance, when you have people coming into the house, and cooking also should be fun. You know, people walk into your house, there's that nice aroma of food. That for me makes me very happy. So that's why I like to cook. And also ingredients. They are so, so important. You have to check what you're putting in your food. Like the mm-hmm. salt. And most of these spices that we use here have a lot of, are very, very high in sodium. So we have to watch that. Because eating too much sodium also, you know, can give you problems. So for me, nutrition is good cook. I, I tell people to do their own cooking at home. When you have time, I know we are all busy here, but once in a while when you have time, try to do your own cooking at home. It's really nice. It's therapeutic. And you know what you're putting in your body. And also sleep. Sleep is also part of nutrition that is very, very important. Try if you can. I know, again, people awake at night, but if you have time to sleep, at least try to put in seven to eight hours of sleep. 
I mean, good sleep. That's very important. It's good for your heart. It's good for your skin. And that's good. For, it's good for you. Just you know, overall, you know, good health. And also, that's I good. heard you talk about. You talk, yeah, you talked about drinking water, and water is also very, very important. So, so it should also be taken. This water thing should be taken seriously, because as you said, our body, most of the body, just it's pretty much water. We need to drink a lot of water. It's good for our skin. Good for our nails and good for our hair. So you know, and also, also try to incorporate fruits in your diet. You know, um, and you know things like um, avocados. Avocados are very good because they are a very good source of uh, calcium, potassium, and all those good things that we need for our body. Bananas too, oranges, a lot of tomatoes. They are so good, good for you. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what I do my, for myself. People ask me, like, you know, why I'm, you know, like people ask me about my weight. It's, it's what I eat and also portion control. So I cook my own food and I know what's watching the food I'm eating and then I control my portions and I drink a lot of water and also exercise. It's also once in a while, you know, I know the weather is not to be bad, but once in a while I just go to walk. Even for a good 30 minutes walk. It's important for you know for you for your overall health. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, well said, madam. Well said. Yeah. So, uh, on sticking on water, yeah, I think uh, most experts recommend that you drink at least half an ounce of your weight. So, if you weigh 170 pounds, then you, for instance, if you weigh 150 pounds. That would mean you would need at least 75 ounces of water. So the point here is drink a lot of water. It would be helpful for you. So moving on to Nancy, what what can you say are the effects of a bad uh, nutrition? Okay, uh, thank you so much for that, uh, Noah, and thank you so much, Madam Dorothy. Um, let me add on just the protein there, okay, how it is. Okay, uh, just like uh, even on water, I know uh, we are pushing really hard on water, but also talking from the nurse's perspective, I know we do have patients with congestive heart failure who cannot tolerate so much water, so they are always mm-hmm. put on fluid restrictions because their heart cannot uh, pump blood accordingly because there's water in their peripheral system. So we also have to be careful on that. And then on protein, mostly the recommended proteins is like your weight multiplied by 0.36, which gives you how much protein you're supposed to to eat per day. So if you weigh 140 times 0.36, which gives you 50 grams of protein per day. All right, so um, you asked me a question earlier about the effects of bad diet, right? As you know, like in America, we have this issue of obesity, and it mm-hmm. hasn't been seen anywhere else apart from that. It has just even been declared like obesity is one of the epidemics in oh, yes. America. About 80% of the Americans are considered to be obese or, you know, out of range. So you know that um, obesity is also one of the causes for most of our chronic diseases. And um, apart from COVID, cardiovascular diseases and cancers have been a number one killer of Americans for years. So 
So our poor nutrition can impair our daily health and well-being and reduce our ability to lead and enjoy our active life. Like what I said, your health is your wealth. You cannot enjoy your stimulus check if you are sick in bed, okay? So uh, in the short term, poor nutrition can contribute to stress. Dorothy mentioned about stress, exhaustion, even, uh, even just our capacity to operate, you know? So... Basically, if you eat badly, you, you're going to have some chronic diseases. Chronic, chronic diseases are those diseases, diseases that you live with for a long time until when you die, like hypertension. And most of the cardiovascular diseases, like heart diseases, you know, stroke, um, hyperlipidemia, that's uh, high cholesterol. Type 2 diabetes is caused mostly for people that are inactive and you're eating bad foods. Uh, certain cancers. It's also showing that poor nutrition can cause depression. So mm-hmm. I need to do a oh, little yes. bit of research on the coloration between depression and bad nutrition. Okay, how does that come in place? So uh, bad nutrition can also cause uh, tooth decay. I've, I've mentioned about being overweight and obese, and a lot of eating disorders. So it's very very important that we follow. We eat clean. We have a clean diet, avoid fried food, avoid uh, too much sodium. As a nurse, we say, where the sodium, that's where the water will fall, right? So when you've eaten so much salt, your body retains water too. And then you want to reduce your carbohydrates and fat. Some fats are good, and we have also bad fat. So we're talking about okay. cholesterol levels triglyceride mm-hmm. levels. So you want to make sure that your cholesterol levels are within the normal limit. Your HDLs are good. So for those with CCAs, like doctors, go there and do your blood check to make sure that you're monitoring all these uh, uh, measurements in your body. Make sure you don't have your cholesterol levels are within normal limits. Triglycerides are also in good levels, Okay. Because yeah. if you have high triglycerin levels and um, um, LDLs are high, you're going to have you're at risk, high risk for developing cardiovascular diseases. Those are kind of like having a stroke. Your arteries will be clogged with fat. Those fats can move over to the, you know, to the artery in the brain and block one of the vessels there. And you yeah. know once that vessel is blocked, it only takes a few minutes before oh, yeah. you can develop a stroke, you know? The, yeah, so anyway, then you have serious problems. You're yes. going to have serious complications. So exactly. uh, do we have any other callers that want to contribute? Yeah, so we have okay, Mr. But, um, Kel- Kelvin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mr. Kelvin wants to make a comment. Go ahead, sir. I'm online, and good evening, Nancy. Good evening, Noah. Well, good evening. And my fellow listeners, good evening. Good evening, sir. Yep. Uh, yeah, talking about nutrition and uh, how things are going on, I've uh, picked up a few points here. Uh, so for Africans, we are even lucky that we don't. We are not short of food. We've got uh, gardens at our backyards. That's well, if you want to live a vegetarian life, being a vegan. Uh, I heard uh, Nancy mention avocados. 
in Africa, we actually grow avocado trees right behind our backyards. Uh, so that's, that's a lot of uh, stuff, and uh, it's really amazing when we hear people say there's a lot of poverty in Africa. Uh, we have sweet potatoes, mushrooms, corn, which is maize, Irish potatoes, sweet potatoes, sweet potato leaves, pumpkins, pumpkin leaves, cassava, cassava leaves, the legume, which is also the root of the cassava, is a, a food. And the joke mm -hmm. goes, with cassava, you don't throw anything. You eat the leaves, you eat the roots, you get the stem, you can use it as a, a can to beat your child when he's naughty. <laughs> anyway, that's just a joke for the day. <laughs> that's a good one. Don't yeah. make me miss cassava now. <laughs> <laughs> so with all these foods around, uh, it's a pity that we don't take advantage of them when we travel around and say, no, there's nothing like Kenneth. I'm quite a proud Zambian myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I actually want to support and speak so positive about Africa and my own country, exactly. which is Zambia. That's yeah, it's amazing question. that you meet somebody who says, what are you talking about? Why are you here if uh, everything were okay? It's a matter of choice why people travel across uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. borders. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, no, so thank you for We won't go into that. Yeah, yeah. So no, the thank food you for we sharing. eat, mm -hmm. the food we eat matters because food goes in a process called metabolism. And this mm -hmm. is the process by which we convert what we eat and drink into energy. Exactly. So if we don't exactly. watch what we eat, then we are losing out on a lot of benefits. Yes, yes. Because yes. we no. need that energy to wake up yeah. and start our day. Yes, yes. Now, in the, the calories time, and the beverages that. Yeah, no, I think we're going to leave it at that. Sorry, Mr. Kapinjila, because we are running down. Kapinjila. Kabijim Panga, yes. It's, it's, easier, it's, easier, it's easier to say Kelvin. So, sorry, Mr. Kelvin. Yes, please. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I don't mind it, Kelvin. No, no thank, thank you, sir. So, thank you for your contribution. Yeah, so I wish there was more the, time. Yes, yes, yes. So, Nancy, uh, we, we are running down on time. What are your final thoughts in a minute well, or less? Yeah, my final thought is that uh, this has been a very timely discussion. Nutrition plays a, viral, a vital role in our well-being. What mm -hmm. we eat is very, very important. Like what I mentioned about uh, chronic diseases, that seems to uh, cardiovascular diseases and a lot of issues. And I yeah. also just want to pass my condolences to the people of the Tanzania. I think their President John Magufulili died today from cardiovascular diseases. It was reported earlier on that he died from COVID, but his uh, vice president said he died from some cardiovascular complications. So that's yeah. it. And for our listeners, thank you so much for calling in. We only have an hour for these discussions, and I wish more people would call in and um, discuss. And uh, thank you yeah. so much, Brother uh, Kelvin and Dorothy, for your contributions. I think I will give you a much longer platform next time, Brother Kelvin. Let's have something prearranged so that you can have a platform and discuss. And um, next week we'll be talking about the vaccines right now. Back to you. 
Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so this has been uh, our show today. Uh, next week we have a very special uh, report because I, most of you know I work for the health department. We have some information that is very uh, Indiana specific, so we ask you to tune in to listen to what the Indiana Department of Health is discussing as far as uh, COVID-19, and we'll be looking at the facts and myths about the vaccines, because I know some people are very on the vaccines. So we have been talking about uh, healthy, uh, somebody's health and nutrition. So you know what they say, a complete health is not just eating your food. You have to have a right mental state, social, uh, and you have to have the good support network and things like that. But the, one of my guests asked me to play this special song. says, when you're talking about health, this is also part of health. It's by B1 called Security Nikubedrum. That's uh, part of the nutrition. If you want to have a healthy uh, personality and your healthy body, this is part of what you need to factor in. Thank you, listeners. Join us next week, same time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mwana amarila munipate ule muneo